Decorating Pages is a podcast dedicated to taking you behind the scenes of the designs of your favorite TV shows and films. Each episode, I'll be sharing design stories from some of Hollywood's most famous sets. Interviews from set decorators, production designers, directors, and actors about creating the look of TV and film, about their design inspirations, and stories that take sets from page to screen. Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of Decorating Pages. I'm your host, Kim Wanup. It's Emmy season, and I am so lucky to be a part of Veep for its final season. It has nine Emmy nominations this year, mine included for outstanding production design. I joined the show in season five when it moved to Los Angeles from Baltimore because of a tax credit, so thank you, California. The show went under some transformations behind the scenes due to the show move. Under the new leadership of executive producer Morgan Sackett and the new showrunner Dave Mendel, Veep reinvented itself even though it was fresh as ever. I am joined on this episode by showrunner, writer, director, editor, Star Wars superfan Dave Mendel. Working with Dave the past three seasons on Veep has been a great learning experience for me. I've never seen a show run this way. It's chaotic yet focused. It's it's overwhelming but manageable and the creative side of the show is under a tremendous amount of pressure to keep up with the fresh words that are written it's ambitious in that it's a one hour long script shot over seven sometimes nine days then is cut down into a brilliant half hour comedy and the guy behind it all is Dave Mendel the man is always around he's always working and in my opinion his work is always making me laugh A career that started at the Harvard Lampoon and drifts from SNL to Seinfeld to Curb Your Enthusiasm to Veep and just squeezed in some films like Euro Trip and The Dictator. He has 10 Emmy nominations and two wins, four Writers Guild Association nominations and two wins, five Producer Guild nominations, and currently for Outstanding Series and Outstanding Writing for the final season of Veep. I realized that I've seen all of his work, every episode of Seinfeld, all 60 episodes of SNL. I love Curb, and Veep is my favorite show, so I'm very lucky that he has given me this time. So I have some good news, I have some great news, and I have some bad news. What would you like first? Okay, good news. The good news is we talk about everything, how he came up with the ending of Veep, writing for SNL, directing Eurotrip, specific episodes of Seinfeld, uh, how Curb is a detailed outline, and even his obsession with Star Wars. Which leads me to the great news. It's two bonus episodes with Dave Mendel. This first episode is mostly about Veep, and the second bonus episode is about all the iconic comedy this genius has created. Okay, here it comes. Here's the bad news. During this interview, my mic didn't work. The whole interview, my mic didn't work. And I kept checking it, and it looked fine, and all the little waves were going up and down, and everything was fine. But I don't know. I don't know what happened. I can't figure it out. I don't even know how I've gotten this far with this podcast, to be honest. Lucky for me, I can be heard on Dave's mic. And let's be honest, you're not listening to me anyway. He's the story here. He's the great storyteller. 
So sorry if you have to strain your ears a little bit to hear my questions, but his answers are worth it. I did three interviews this week and I was doing so good. They all came out great and then I don't know what happened. I'm so thankful Dave took the time to do this interview. He has a plethora of stories about comedy. It's insane. And I'll be putting out part two of this interview later in the month. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Dave Mandel. Hello. <laughs> it's so <laughs> nice to see you. Good to see you. I've I missed you. I missed you too, believe me. Those babies don't do justice. <laughs> <laughs> their, their scripts aren't as funny? No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> they're not and they're never on time. Well, <laughs> neither was I, but anyway. <laughs> Yep. Which was bittersweet. Yep. Very sad, but it was, fun. It was very sad. Um, so, Dave, how did you come up with such a perfect ending? <laughs> um, it was many, many years in the making. Um, you know, the really fun thing about sort of my time on Veep, the sort of the three years that I got to kind of pilot the ship, um, was that I really got to dig into who Selena was. And so when I first took over the show, which from Armando Iannucci, who created the show, um, and we brought it out here to L.A., and obviously that's when you joined. And so basically, we, so yes, join. that was the main reason, that's exactly. Right. But, you know, it was very, you know, obviously it was exciting to put together, you know, a new team out here. We, we, we kept a couple of key people, but it was mostly a new team, and it was a lot of new writers. And, you know, there are things you can do going into, like, a season five that you couldn't necessarily do in season one. Because at season five, these are very beloved characters. It's a very beloved show. And now you get to dig a little deeper. And so when he left me with this tie, you know, my first sort of exploration of her character was it will make her crazy to lose. It's the thing she wants most. And so we went down that path of her losing and kind of losing her mind and then becoming a former president. And yet, as we dug into her and got to know more about her mom and her dad and these really fun things that we were able to explore, this idea that, you know, if the opportunity presented itself, what would she do to get it? All of these ideas were, were, I don't want to say I knew exactly what the finale was, but they were all pointing towards a general finale of, you know, the, the thing that made the most sense, which was to have her have an opportunity to have the presidency in the palm of her hands, and what would she do? And the answer was anything. She would do yeah. it, yeah. yeah. And the, the saddest part is she was alone. Alone, forever alone. And haunted. I mean, I like you know, very you know, uh, I don't know, Charles Dickens kind of yeah. uh, Christmas Carol like, you know, Ghost of Gary. Gary. Yeah, chains. Gary with the chains. Exactly, exactly. So that scene um, in the Oval when she's look, she's it's silent because I was I was there luckily the night that you shot it and you held it for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting in the first cut. Um, I happen to know this, and I will never forget it. The original pause was actually 12 seconds long and it was and it felt like seven hours and especially on a show like veep and i've talked oh, about this yeah. elsewhere where it were so ratatat 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 that when you do get hit by the silence you're so shocked it's yeah. sort of like you know in jaws where oh, the shark always has the music and then all of a sudden no music and there's a shark and you're like oh my god and that's what the silence is in our world it's like normally we have the jaws music and then oh my god silence um 
and I ended up cutting it down to six seconds. And I know the exact, you know, I know the exact <laughs> amount. But um, you know, and with that big, beautiful sort of wide of yeah, her, yeah. and just you just get the sense that forever and ever she will do her best to make sure people don't leave the room because when she's alone, that's where yeah, that's where she's gonna go. Yeah. I mean, I, I just remember thinking, my God, it's it's hard to watch because it was so uncomfortable. And I was hoping it would be as, as ever long as you chose because it affected just watching it. I don't know if reading it that I understood that that is what it was going to be, but seeing it was... Special. People, you know, people are still going like, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe she did that to, to Gary. Yeah, and and my comment is always, that's exactly the point. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I didn't think you were going to make her do it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that she's well. capable, but I thought he was sort of resilient. I didn't think... No, I mean, that we sort of set him up on purpose as yeah. the untouchable one. But when push came to shove and we did sort of, you know... When I sort of sat there, and I guess I'll simply say, thought about who's the only person she really cares about. You know, it's none of the rest of the staff. It's yeah. none of, I mean, obviously it's she, had, it's certainly not her daughter. It's not her ex. It's yeah. not, you know. And so ultimately, in some weird way, you know, he was the dysfunctional yeah. love of her life in yeah. some weird way. Yeah. Now, I want to ask one thing. Yeah. I, I thought of. When you were setting up this show, how do you set up a writer's room? How do you, how do you know? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. The, putting this writer's room together was different than maybe if I was starting a writer's room from scratch. Um, well, number one, because we were you know picking it up in season five, um, three Brits, so three of the original, not I don't know if they were the original writing staff, but three of the people that had been on... Armando's writing staff who were willing to kind of come over to the U.S. And, you know, L.A. is a much farther distance than Baltimore. So three of them stuck around, which was very nice to give us a little bit of continuity and sort of how things are. Um, and then, honestly, when I put this show together, because I did feel like somewhere in the back of my head, and I wasn't worried about it, but I was very aware that we were going to be not graded as if we were a new show, where obviously you're given a little bit of a chance That's to sort of... of yeah, it is, but it except it isn't. Yeah, and so if we're not as, you know, if we're not more of Veep or as good as or whatever, however you want to express it, people were going to jump down our throats. And so when I definitely put this staff together, I felt like two things. One, I wanted very experienced people, maybe more so than usual, where I might have on a new show, you know, tried some oh, look at you, you're an interesting playwright and you're an interesting person or a new writer or something with an interesting voice. I didn't feel I had the time for that. And I actually also felt like I needed to be 100% sure. And so for the most part, I hired writers that I had been in other writing situations with. I think other than Rachel Axler, whose stuff knocked me out, but who... A couple of people that I trust more than life itself vouched for her. Everybody else I had... Right, exactly. But everybody else I had worked somewhere with. I mean, Lou Morton, my my right hand. I mean, we, we've we worked together on and off. We were in school together. I mean, I mean, literally, um, Alex Gregory of... Uh, uh, we went to high school together. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not kidding. Yeah. I had no 
Kimball. Yeah, oh yeah. Billy Kimball gave me my first job at Comedy Central. I mean, these are people I go back with. Yeah. They had your back. I just and felt like we were going to be sort of, you're, we're in that foxhole and I want to know exactly what I have. And like I said, on a season one brand new show... Don't get me wrong, I would love these people all right. to work with them forever, but I might have, you know, oh, look at this interesting other thing, and let's take a chance with this or that. I didn't feel I could take chances as much, so that was kind of how I put the room together. Do you, uh, do you ever change a scene or dialogue if we're at a location and you see opportunity for comedy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think... Uh, you know, I think sometimes, like I remember we were shooting once, this would have been the previous season, at, was, we were at the Hadid man, Habib oh, yeah. Mansion or whatever, yeah, the, yeah. and uh, yeah, exactly, and we were shooting, it was one of those great locations where we were there, I can't remember if we were there for one day or two days, we were there two, days. two days, and so we were shooting stuff, we were shooting all sorts of stuff. We were shooting, we were faking rooms to be a hotel. We tried to fake a restaurant, but it rained. Right, right. We we used this room, we used that room. And, you know, I remember um, at the end of the episode when she's sort of, uh, when uh, Jafar breaks up with her in that, in that library kind of area. And we kind of had Julia being able to sort of like, like walk out and leave, but then kind of come back yeah. to where, where the joke was sort of about how her, his father didn't like her because she's older, yeah. but also he thinks she's Jewish. And she kind of leaves but comes back and is very like, I'm not Jewish. Like, makes a very definitive point. Yeah. Um, most important, you need to know one thing. Um, and that was sort of a fun thing where that kind of set and the kind of ability to kind of leave and come back, you know, ju yeah, jumped out at you. Um, there were some other, you know, fun things. Sometimes you go like, uh, you know, the thing that I really do think about was, we uh, we went down to the what was the name of the Galen Center, which for the final episode, the big arena, and um, you know obviously locations had been there, uh, you know Jim had been there, everyone had been there in and out. But we went, I guess, like the like a weekend before, and we all just walked it together, and in wandering around and walking. You go, oh, maybe this is a staircase for Ben to run on. And they had originally had some idea of doing the Julia going into the bathroom thing somewhere. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, what if we do this bathroom here? Because here's why. But also then in the approach to the bathroom, you can see the empty arena. Because when we got there and the arena was empty, we got very obsessed with this idea. And I remember talking with you know um, David Miller, our DP, and with Jim Gloucester of just this idea of like, it is so cool being here and it's empty and we're going to be in it later on and seeing it full. What if in this night before area, we figure out a way to just have her walk up the stairs of this empty thing? And then it was like, well, what if we did that here? And then we use that as a bathroom. And so sometimes it's just ideas. And, and, and look, I'm aware that no one's going to watch the show and go, I loved it because they had that shot of the empty arena. But you, I, well, you never know. You never but know. I mean, I really dug that empty arena shot. I mean, I just really did. So sometimes things like that, sometimes just comedy stuff comes out of, you know, like with the bathroom, you know, the way the door worked, we started playing with this idea of like, well, what if a woman, the, the cleaning person is coming out of it? And then she kind of says, caballeros, caballeros. And just that thing and the door shutting. And so just the... The, just the way that door, that bathroom door shut 
informed the way we kind of had Tony letting the door shut, then him noticing it. You know, again, so the location dictated some extra little moments just because it did. And I love that. I love that. Yeah. I get very, uh, like, paranoid or something that, the, that it's like, oh, you know what? This hallway is better. And then, and I, and I get it. And I know, like, I have no say right. in this at all. <laughs> so let's move all our shit. No, look, obviously there's a certain amount of production requirements in the sense of, like, we had... What do we have? Two days there in the in that mm-hmm. gown? So we had two days, and we easily and had three days of shooting, if not more. Yeah, so many yeah. Lines on that no, and later. and and honestly, bro, you know, at one point broke into two units, and I was running back and forth between the units, um, and you're just trying to do it all. And so there are definitely times where you're like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we moved all the way over there? And yeah, maybe it would be a little better, but if yeah. we, but it'll be a lot better actually shooting it right here and now um but i i was so just happy the way i mean we built a convention i mean i don't know what how to say that the the so much of our show uh, you know if we were talking we started this discussion by talking about you know selena's choices and the choices she made are that much they, the, 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 the 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 power if you if i can say comes through because we're not just in a hotel ballroom pretending this is a convention. Yeah. We're in a convention. Yeah. So it, the, it, the reality that it lends her choices makes the choices that much brutal because it seems so real. And I remember David Kennerly, the photographer, who was the uh, presidential photographer, was there shooting during the final episode. And he was just like, yeah, this is like, a, this is like a, you know, I've been to conventions. This is, a, this is a, yeah, this is a convention. And it is that thing of just the, the just what I, I guess what I love about what you guys have done for us on these last three years, and I know Jim predates the both of us, but just... Uh, Lending reality that just makes the comedy that much funnier. Because when you believe this is a congressman, when you believe that Jonah got put into an... Even though this is a silly joke, that Jonah got put into an office with a low ceiling, it looked so... Having been in congressional offices, it looked so much like a congressional office. I was just in Washington, D.C., we went to Washington, D.C. to show an episode, and I took my kids to visit a, a congresswoman. And we went into her office, and this is, she's a first-termer, so she's only been there for, like, less than a year. And we walked into her office, so the main office, and it basically was a desk by the window that looked like our backdrop outside the window. And then, because clearly she meets with constituents, they jammed three couches just in, in the most, they don't, match. they don't, nothing matches, and it, whatever. And all I could think of was like, we built this. That's all I could yeah. think of was, Our yeah, we built this. Yeah, exactly. But again, that reality that you think that Jonah has been put into this attic sort of office and that this is real makes him repeatedly banging his head, which is a Terrible. very silly idea, that much funnier because there is such a reality to the office. Yeah. There was, uh, I had asked him about research and I know that he had, we both did, like, there's wires everywhere. There's, yeah. There, there's food cups everywhere. These people are not uh, cleanly at yeah. all. And they, I don't know, I have no maze or there's no cleanup. I don't know what's going on. But he did uh, research and went to congressional offices. Yeah. 
but you also got to go into the White House. And yeah. I mean, and if anything, I will say our actual White House is probably a little nicer than the real White House. The real White House is kind of a shithole. But I did, yeah. No, no, I mean, he's not, I mean, it's not Buckingham Palace, yeah. And the thing that I was taken by, which we didn't necessarily use at the White House, although we once built in uh, in the first season, do you remember we built a Richard Jonah office where yeah. Richard gets put in charge of Jonah and yeah, they're, they're fighting about desks stairs. and we had another like low yeah. staircase? That's what that White House was like where you go to an office and you realize this was clearly a closet and it got turned into somebody's office. And that's what we kind of gave Jonah and yeah, uh, Richard in that first they, season. Yeah. Yep, we had to kind of shoot through the door. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that that was something you, you, you make a note of, and it's like, oh, we can use this. And I, the other thing I remember, which we did with our congressional offices, is there's always just random furniture in the hallway. Yeah. Like as if people are constantly jamming extra desks in or taking yeah. desks and chairs out. And so, again... I guess what I love about it is when I do meet, you know, people from D.C., they're so, at this thing I did in D.C., someone was was asking about the congressional offices because they were just like, how? And I'm like, well, obviously we start with reference and, you know, yeah. really good photos and stuff. But, you know, and then beyond that, though, it's obviously both creating it, but also, you know, giving a little our own version. So, yeah. like, you know, with Jonah's office, when he was a congressman, you know, all of that New Hampshire, New Hampshire crap. Um, and the photos, including photos from his campaign, if you remember, yeah. like we had like some of the newspapers and the shot of it's Tim's favorite thing. I don't know if you remember. Like a handshaking with an old man. The guy with the, yeah. the, the old man who has like a crazy beard yeah. Yeah. and he goes like, let's get it. We got to get a picture of that beard or something. Yeah. And that photo yeah. is in his office. And it's there if you... You know what? It's my other, the one you'll remember too from this season. We were in Jonah's mom's kitchen. And the two things that I was very obsessed with was one, that even though, you know, Jonah is still now like whatever he is, 30, whatever, that his mom still has his art on her fridge. And I did one. I did one of them. There were a couple others, but I did one of them. And then the other thing was that on the uh, the door jam or whatever you call it, we would do the height chart and it would be with these ridiculous growth spurts. Yeah, exactly. It was eight years. Exactly. And it's there if you freeze the frame. Yeah, it's it's not about the scene, yeah. but it's like my favorite things. Those are my favorite things in the world. Yeah. I do love I do love getting the notes too because I even with Jim and I talk about like there's only so much we can think about and so when you get uh, when you get some input you're like oh, duh. Well yeah. No, but I know it's but also it it's also too of like yeah, let's build this character. Like we're so into it. And so into the de the extra stuff, those extra details are just they just yeah. you know oh my god uh, when we got to do when you guys got to do um, Tony's parent Gary's parents house oh, down in uh, wherever the hell that yeah oh my god oh my god and the uh, do you remember the crib and you remember the crib the the crib of the dead the dead twi- the dead twin. <laughs> I mean, we wrote it, but we put it in, and then it just kept growing. It was just like it, like we added a you know weird prop, and then the next thing you know, it's like there's a full page of discussion of the, the whole yeah. Conversation that you gave her of like, oh, they sleep in separate bedrooms, yep. or I'll be sleeping in your mom's room. Like that subtlety, that was genius for that too, because you're 
you were giving the background without him giving it or even no. showing it. How do you, you know, how do you give a tremendous amount of information, yeah. whatever? And I, I just, I do love that combination of, again, when the, the words go together with the sets and all that kind of stuff. And it just, it's just great. Yeah. It's, I have said to Jim, this was, this, I probably peaked. I'm done. This is, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. I'll, I don't ever think I'll have another beep. I really don't. I, only because of the timing and everything and just how into it everyone was and just wanted to give 100%. Yeah, I mean, a group of people that, and, and I, the top hey, to bottom and I crew mean, and stuff, yeah. The prop master is Oh, I remember like once, my, uh, my, I was showing my, I think my wife had come over and we were wandering around and I took her back to show her a stage and I found Gay there. It was when uh, Mike and uh, was helping Selena with her book and they were looking through old photo albums and uh, the camera never sees the photo albums but Gay built like she made three photo albums filled with photos just in case yeah there's always three there's always three options with Gay and they're all fantastic yeah I don't know how she she must have that power to stop time and then make shit and then it's like ready for camera because I don't know how she does I don't know but it, it, honestly, top to bottom, though, was a group of people that were really prepared and to kind of kill themselves oh, yeah. to make the show better, which obviously was just wonderful. And then just on a cast standpoint, I mean, I think our writing staff was very special. and I'm not sure I could put another writing staff like that together on a new show. Yeah. I don't know how you would ever put a cast like this together. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. so dialed into each other. Yeah. And then on top of it, if you think about this final season where we were able to add into the mix... Um, Emily is Beth, Jonah's okay. wife. Um, Andy Daly is Keith Quinn. So you're taking this murderer's row and then you're throwing in two or three more just yeah. killer comedy people and just trying to you know fight to find additional time for these folks. Yeah. I think as a, as a fan, the, pre, the prior season when they're all split up and you're getting all of these like other stories and then how they all get back together. You never think... I don't know. You never think they're all going to come back together, but you, you made them sort of like, oh, they ended that, they ended that, and look, they're all in Selena's office. I mean, I love the the thing I love the opportunity to do on that season, on that season six, was I love the idea. I guess, for lack of a better word, to tell the story, even though the show is Veep, and she was Veep, and then she was president, and now she's ex-president of the United States. And so setting up just the idea of the library, and then obviously the payoff in our final season of finally building the Vajayabury. Did you think that? No, I, no. When I knew that she was going to, that we were going to jump to the future, I did know we were going to go to the Vajayabury, because that she would be buried there. But when we set it up, I didn't know we would be ending there. But uh, the other thing, too, by the way, I have to say, in that final scene in the Vajayabari, and we set up, and it was kind of this great combination of, I feel like it was like props, production design, it was like everybody, the the, the displays of her wardrobe in the library, because that's all she kind of ever did. But then every... Every one of those costumes on display had like someone wrote up a card. Who writes... Graham Red. Okay. The, uh, Is he the graphics guy? guy? Oh my yeah. God. I mean, he's just. Yeah. Incredible. And the other thing, too, and which comes. Yeah, the which. Big, the big wall. The that donors. was so fun. The donors, the yeah. Donors. But the other thing that's really fun about your guys' graphics department is like anytime we ever were doing like 
I don't know, like a campaign office. Like this season, we had a load of, uh, I'll tell you one funny thing in three seconds. We had a load of, uh, you know, different Selena and Jonah offices. And just the way you guys, obviously we had our regular campaign slogans, but you would, all of a sudden I'd walk into an office and it'd be like a Latinas for Selena kind of a thing. And I'm just like, I know I didn't write that. So, yeah. Okay, right. that, could, that could be something. Okay, this one has no posters and just this big, like, phone bank. Like, there's, it, they're not that different. But when you catch something that yep. w- would bring it to, like, okay, they, we know that we're in a different state now, at least, and that it's not just the flags. But I'm gonna, but I am gonna tell you something very silly. Ready? Which is, and I had this thought too late, which was. We re- we used we had we had a location which we really was just an empty building that you right. guys basically completely changed. That was the Iowa offices, and we we built I think we built the conference room there. We put in the yeah. glass conference room, and by the way, that's a very specific thing of like we're building. We need a glass conference room because in that first episode we knew just written in. We needed to be able to see Keith Quinn so that she can go, that's not Keith Quinn. And so that's a very specific thing where we either have to find a location with a glass conference room that's going to make this joke work, or we need to build this so that this, because this is a, I don't want to call it a production design joke, but you know what I'm saying? It it is dependent dependent on, on. yes. Um, And I, those, I love those offices and it also allowed really long walk and talks, which was really nice, which obviously we do a lot of. But I did have this thought later on when some of the smaller campaign offices we just kind of did here on the lot, I did have a conceptual idea, which is if we had just made it one office and just changed the decorations and just been like, it's Iowa, now it's New Hampshire, now it's this, which I thought would have been a... A joke sort of on campaign offices a little bit, although perhaps, I don't know, maybe then you guys have been bored, so I don't know. Well, if, yeah. Uh, I would have been bored. No, I, I'm i glad you didn't make it just one campaign bus. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think we ever shot in No, time. we came yeah, close we like came three close. times. Yes. And by the way, again, wanted to, it yeah, just never quite that, worked itself out. We put it outside. We got off the. We, we used it outside, and we got off of it down at the. Uh, we got oh, we got off it twice, and we got off it at the fair, and we got off of it down at the convention center when she walked out, and we did that press line and walked in. Um, and again, the bus was great, but we, at one point we were going to shoot on it, and we just never did. Um, but interestingly enough, and I, not that this went into my head. They, in previous seasons, when they did their their campaign, they were very reliant on their bus. True. So in a strange oh, way, true. I actually like the fact that... Which is w- weird, because they were in D.C. They yeah. Just, what are they doing? Well, I, you know, we're not going to solve <laughs> that one. But uh, where's Jim? Um, but they used the bus a lot. So the fact that we yeah. ended up, I guess, not doing it so that it had a different feel, I don't know. Didn't I didn't mind that. I mean, I know that we went on a bus when she, when she sees Andrew... And that woman together once. Yes, but that bus wasn't even that moving, was, and that was yeah, time yeah. We did a campaign bus? Yeah. I feel like. Um, do you? I mean, you, you're writing, you're directing, you're show running, you're producing, <laughs> and then I don't I'm know, tired. Whatever, you're a dad. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm a got, terrible father. Let's got, be very clear you know, about that. You, you have so many hats on. What's your favorite, really? 
It's so hard to answer that. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, my favorite moments are sort of just when we're actually probably doing the shooting. I mean, I, but I love it all because I, you know, I, you know, it's so ma- yeah, making it better on, you know, in the being in the writers' room, you know, making things better. I love that, or you know, just just getting the script right, and then, you know, and then on the flip side, you know, being in the edit room and taking something and you know, starting to you know get the extraneous part out of it and get it down to its mm-hmm. essential. Is wonderful, and by the way, you can fix things. You can solve things in the edit room too. Like, oh, that's a little slow. What if we intercut? What if we go from here to there? Yeah. So editing obviously is you know a key component, but I guess I do love the moment of being on the set, you know, with the actors, throwing whether it's throwing new lines at them or you know just whoever it is coming up with bits of business. Just those moments of sort of playing with it on the set and just feeling like we're getting this. Yeah. That is something amazing to watch when it's like, okay, now let's try this. And then you go back and you, you talk with the writers or you're sitting there and you go back, okay, now let's try this. And the actors take the notes, like, amazingly. Yes. And, but I would think that that would be pressure, like, okay, now we got to come up with like at least two more things just to have... <laughs> But I mean, it's it's but it's sort of the it's like the adrenaline. It's like the it's like the it's like the the runner's high, I I guess. Or I have no I I have no idea what that is. But uh, yeah, I don't know if that's real. But if it is, this is what I think. No, but it's just that kind of thing of like there isn't there is a like an excitement to like taking something and then going, oh my god, there's that weird like pause there. What if what if Sam said blank and then hey Sam throw this in there and all of a sudden. By adding, you know, it just adds like a third layer. To, I just, it's it. the stuff I love, yeah. Um, I would say as a fan of the show, I am really disappointed that <laughs> Uh-oh. you write these 70, 65-page scripts and you only see, now that's an hour, basically. Yeah. You only see a half hour. Yeah, although surprisingly, but it's funny, you know. Surprisingly, though, we don't lose a lot of scenes if you actually think about it. We we we. It's each scene just gets cut down. Yeah. Uh, You know. Which is crazy that you're able to do that, really, with losing information in that scene. But it is. I find that when you get in there, you just there. You start to realize that there are extraneous words things that you were sort of a character was explaining that you in the, that when you're shooting the scene maybe you think to yourself Mike has to say we just got a phone call oh, right. you know this is happening but then when you're in the edit room and if you've if Mike if Mike you see Mike getting the phone call and then the next thing you see is him running into the room he doesn't necessarily all of a sudden when you go we just got a phone call now that I, I just cut you know a second and a half right. and if I do that, 60 more times I've cut you know more than a minute you know and then that's that's the philosophy um rarely I mean there are little there are lines and things I do miss but for the most part if I really love it it's there I do find that like let me put it this way other than the finale where the lane even though it is long I I personally don't feel like to me it it, yeah to me it, it flies yeah I guess I just always want it to feel like it's flying. And there is a point in comedy where it stops flying. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a magical number. It's not, it's not 33 minutes. It's not 37 minutes. Each thing has its own point. But there are episodes where I honestly think 
it's great because we got it down to 28.30. And that, yes, those other two lines were really funny, but you do pay a price sometimes and you don't realize it till later. Do you think it's like the audience gets fatigued? By yeah, the I think there is a fatigue. I mean, look, I think ours is a very intensive watch, first of all, because you you know you got to listen for every line because yeah. we're not stopping for anybody. Um, so that's part of it. But also sometimes, like... If just if the end is the payoff to something from the beginning, there's a finite amount of time before it's too far away from where it was set up that it's no longer a payoff. It's just taken too long. And again, there's no magical number. Sometimes it's something where yes, exactly, and you just have to feel it. And that's what the edit room is really for. Well, lessons learned. Lessons learned. Yeah. Congratulations to you guys too. We're all we're all under your helm oh. and and every department and everything. So and the opportunity to do all these great things for these characters, I have to thank you. No, I mean I will say the following, which was, I mean I knew you guys were good right from the get go, but I will say in season one when we got to uh, the documentary. Oh, that. Uh, uh, which is, you know, to me, still one of my favorite things I've well, ever, yeah. you know. You directed that episode amazingly. I th- we had 47 sets. Yeah. <laughs> but when, when we did that one, and in particular, when we did Mike, the... Don't the, say Mike's. No. Well, Mike's was, Mike's was fantastic, and I will get to that I'm in a second. <laughs> the mic changes of just uh, from his room to baby room oh, and the nervous. hockey and all that stuff. But for me, it will always be... Modern dance to, or it was it was like it was Catherine's modern dance. Yeah. It was Selena's 1980s um, press conference with yeah. Catherine falling off, and then, it, and then the, the Mikado, yeah, and, and then one, the Gilbert and Sullivan one, Mikado, yeah, yeah. That was if that was probably the most insane uh, episode I hope to ever be a part of. Let's just put it that uh, way. But that's when I knew. That's when I deep. I mean, I knew, but that's when I really knew. I was like. <laughs> I was like, I can throw these guys anything. <laughs> I said to Jim, I said, don't you remember? I was in Marjorie's parents' house, which was next to the crying because you would do a, you would do a scene in Mike's and you'd go to the next stage. And then we basically, and however long, right. And it would be half hour, 40 yeah. minutes. And you'd come back and it would be a different set. Yeah. And then you'd shoot it for like 20 minutes. Okay. And then leave. And then we had to come back again. Yep. And, then, and I was like, I'm, I can't. <laughs> I don't know if this is a fit here. I don't know if I got enough dressing. This is insane. And he was like, no, I'm taking down this wallpaper. And I was like, I don't give shit about your wallpaper, man. I got to do this whole set. But, 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 but let, I mean, just to talk about that mic set, and absolutely every piece so of all funny. of that thing, but also, and I, you know, I don't even know how these things, if this is, starts with Jim and then whoever, whatever, but just the fact that we also built the stairs so that there was that sense that it was like a basement like a basement room yes exactly and so even and obviously we often do for a lot of houses go on location to real houses but even when we don't and I'm thinking of obviously you know we built Selena's brownstone we built uh, Jonah's mom's place but specifically just that Mike bedroom which was only in the one episode we never saw it again but we did see it obviously the four or five times just the 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 trouble to basically 
build those stairs, the realism, exactly. And again, that just, yeah. great. Yeah. So Jim and I dive a little bit into my darkest day, which was Catherine's nursery. Nursery, I knew. You could have asked me and I would have answered it. But yeah. Sorry. It broke me. But not, it was, it was more of the relief that I got it right. Yes. And we talked about how we get notes and on a show like this, you're just going. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we don't talk again and it's success. That was, I mean, of all the thousands of things that we've done, I'll say a couple of things about it when I think about it, which is number one it it's a tough one first of all because it it has the it has unlike say if we're doing a congressional dining room it, it right right it has the right it, it doesn't exist we can't yeah. say to you i mean there's jokes in the scene that you can use as reference but there's no real we're not going this is this other thing and more than that there's a real trap of it becoming jokey right and that is that's right. the that's that's everybody's fear that's yeah. the trap yeah. And that just sometimes, and these things do exist, where it does become one of those things where there may not have been an answer until we saw something to then go, more of this, less of that, what about this? And, you you know, you hate that that's unfortunately what it comes down to, but it is one of those things where it's just you can't really go, oh, yeah, show me references of other weird nurseries. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just we both were on one page and they were on another. Yeah. But we all knew. But there were elements of because I remember there were things. Right. No, there were things where we went. You know, I remember going keep this more of this. That's what I remember. Yeah. Exactly. But by the way, (laughs) by the way, talk about another just uh, just uh, structurally as a set because that remember the that was an upstairs set. So again, when we could go in and out of those rooms, we could go. You could start to feel them going down the stairs, which is, by the way, just forgetting about the the interior decor for three seconds. Yes, exactly. I mean, just right. Where am I? Right, exactly. And it was coming in, and we had so many crazy jokes. We had like, we had like Indian casino. I'm in a gift shop in an Indian casino. I think we had like, like IKEA raped a squaw was a line in there. Yeah. Yes. Not only just notes. But, but really some of the lines, my favorite line in there, and I, it's not my joke, so I don't even know whose joke it was. No, no, it was the uh, it was the joke of where she goes something like blah 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 blah. Is the ga- the baby gonna play chess against death or something like that? And which is obviously you know it's a very sort of Igmar Bergman kind of you know like joke. But it's like well, what does that mean? It's a black and white room like on a beach. You know what I mean? Like I like, that doesn't really help. It's a it's a strange feeling. It yeah. suggests other, yeah. but it doesn't really say to you, this is the paint color the room should right. be or right. whatever. Yeah. I get into that. And what I will say to your credit, <laughs> ready, <laughs> yeah. if you remember this season when we established the crib it's in right. Marjorie's office, yeah. I don't know, I don't specifically remember if that's stuff from the original yeah. bedroom or not, but whatever you put in there, we never touched it. It was just like, yeah. good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Good to I go. Added yeah. A little bit more black. Right. But yeah, it was it was from 
that said, yeah. I was like, I'm not even. And I will say for myself, as somebody who, I, and you know, and I, I'm aware of this about myself, which is to say, look, obviously if there's a specific joke, and I can remember, uh, you know, on a, and I, it's funny because we were talking about like glass, uh, conference walls we do a lot back in my days on curb your enthusiasm a lot of times larry has to be spied doing something he's not supposed to be doing so there were a lot of like we need a window where someone will be able to look out their window and see larry breaking into the car or we need an office where larry the, the woman it can be there's a glass wall so the woman can see larry going into her desk or going through her purse or whatever it is. So we, yeah, we do a lot of, I remember like just from a production design standpoint, you know, we need a lot of glass walls for those kinds of things. But what I was going to say is, so sometimes there are some specific, like, this is how it has to be a little bit because whatever. For example, when we did the, uh, the Chinese consulate this season, um, I, nothing had to specifically be anything, but we had that idea that someone was going to enter from like a rear door, yeah. which was obviously, and I know that was a set we used multiple yeah. times, yeah, but obviously it didn't have a rear door right. in the other versions of it. And so that rear door was important, but beyond that, I mean, I was sort yeah. of open to anything. So not counting when there's a specific action or a joke written into something, more often than not, for me, as sort of a visual person where I'm never going to be able to give you a design reference, sometimes I can go, like, this movie or this thing. When you guys, you know, show me something, I can go, yes. Yeah. Or if you show me two things, I go, I like this more. Yes. Or I go, no, this is too modern. I mean, you know, but yeah. for me, I can, I, as, as a whatever I am showrunner, yes. when I can see it, I can talk about it way more than in the... I mean, I can give you an idea, but yeah. it's so much easier for me when you guys, like, bring me in, like, you know, like, when you guys did, like, yeah, or, like, or like, when you did, like, look boards for, like, her apartment or whatever yeah. it is. Yes, exactly. And that's always helpful, and that, unfortunately, on a show like these, gets lost. As you go further, yes. But at least you get to build those important sets yes. at the beginning of the season where you can spend the time on those Even things, like yes. If, yeah. conversations and it's helpful and I always think to myself in the beginning when I started out I thought god I should be like do the actors want to know should I ask them but it's I don't. Right. But sometimes... <laughs> I feel like they don't actually want to be bothered right. with it. I mean, I'm sure some, one do. or two might. Who knows? Yeah, but it's more props. But the other thing, though, that happens, which I find fascinating, is when at the end of this season, when we jump to the future and the brownstone became Marjorie and Catherine's brownstone, I mean, I remember us having discussions just going like, it's more them. I mean, I don't know if we said yeah. much more than it's more them. Yeah. And then... You guys, the way you sort of change the wallpaper, and, and now I associate Art Deco with lesbians. Yes, exactly. But it was so funny because it, <laughs> it was so like obvious. there were no words where we said, "Oh, this is how it has to be." Right. But boy, we showed up, and it was like, "Oh my God, this is so yeah. them." And of course, the job. giant uh, adding the portrait of their wedding oh, their portrait. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! And sort of, I mean, you know, vaguely, sort of. I guess there was sort of vaguely, sort of lesbian touches, whatever the hell that means. You know what I mean? I started that set. Is that when you left for pregnancy? Okay, yeah. But And then it was, I was going to finish it, but it got pulled up in the schedule. And so then uh, David Smith finished it. But 
it was, I think, too, the dining room doors and just the little yeah. elements that, that Jim threw in just to make it different, but the same. Like, they, they kept their, their home. No, it was still it was the home, still... but that sort of Art Deco kind of like, almost like the mooka, like flowers, came... and I don't even know, yeah. No, I think, too, it was very smart of Jim not to try to do something in the future. Right. I think that's we, such a You know, we, we talked thing. about it for about half a second, and I remember three things, which was, you know, we had talked like, well, should the TV be futuristic or something? Oh, like yeah, I don't know. And yeah. it just started to seem like, boy, it's just going to take you out of it. Yeah. And then we were also aware, and I know you obviously, you worked on Parks and Rec too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. You know, the Parks and Rec finale was well, multiple time frames. Yeah. And when they jumped into their future, they had a little bit more of a futuristic yeah. future. Phones, yes, exactly. Ex- and I loved all of it. But I was, right, but I was, right, but I was, right, I know, it was like so far in the future, and they were like on weird like spaceship yeah. jets, but I, being aware of that, it was not where I wanted to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is smart, yeah. because it does take you out of it, and then, and then the it worked, it for, worked for them in yeah. a great way. Oh, yeah. It wasn't for us, yeah. But it, because it's two different ways to go. Right. Either you're going to go for it, and we're all going to push forward, or... It's more about this right. than that. And so the closest we had to futuristic was, I think, Mike's news set as, CV, as a CBS <laughs> anchor was kind of sleek and the metallic. Oh, well, that's a separate the other. That's a whole other yeah. podcast. Yeah. Oh, my God. Phenomenal job. Yeah. Those guys look yeah. great. Yeah. There are so many fascinating stories from Dave. He's really genuinely entertaining when he tells the stories also. Just wait till part two when you get to hear about the origin of Manhands from Seinfeld, writing skits for SNL, and writing scripts like Cat in the Hat and The Grinch is Still Christmas. Fingers crossed for all of us at Veep. I really hope the show goes out with an awards bang this year at the Emmys. Thank you for listening. I hope you got an earful. I'm Kim Wanup for Decorating Pages. Decorating Pages is sponsored by Stogie Floaty, luxury pool floats. Float them if you got them. Visit stogiefloaty.com.